The Old Testament reading is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 2. It's the song of victory that Hannah sang, she who was once childless, who was made fun of because of her condition, and how grants her a son, little Samuel. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, in the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The, broken, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. For those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter beginning the 39th verse. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord had said to her will be accomplished. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Okay. We're going to sing something special this morning. Not a, not a kid's song. This is a, this is a good song. Although when they get down here, I warn you, some of you will love this song 
Others of you will be upset about this song. Now, this is just a baby. It's not baby Jesus, it's just a baby. Okay? Yeah, you probably wouldn't like that. You heard about Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, who was an elderly lady. Now, if you're really elderly, do grandmas give birth to babies? No. You sure? Let's ask. This is Jane Kerr. So, Jane, uh, could, could you possibly give birth to a baby like this? Um, not now. Not now. <laughs> no, you, that would be a, mirac- a miraculous event, right? Yeah. So, Elizabeth was like that. She was very, very old. She couldn't give birth to a baby. But people made fun of her. She never had a child not even in the years where she might have given birth. She never had a child. People thought that was funny. They made fun of her as though something was wrong. But little John was born anyway. And in the story we just heard from the gospel, Mary runs down to see her cousin Elizabeth because she's six months along. She's got a big tummy, and it won't be too long before she'll give birth. That's to show that with God, nothing is impossible, even an older lady giving birth to a baby. Now, with Mary, she was told that she was going to have a child too, but it wasn't going to be because of Joseph, her husband, Jesus, too, would be a miracle baby, even greater than little John the Baptist. So, no matter what may happen in your life, never doubt what God can do, even if you think it's not possible. Okay? So you can go back again. I'll keep the baby. Unless you want want to take care of the baby. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Your saints of God in Christ Jesus. In this life, there's so many things that have been happening to you where you wonder why. How come life can be so fair, so unfair and mean? It isn't just for middle school students that people pick on them for silly things. It happens throughout life. There's probably not a single one of us that hasn't been made fun of for some reason. And the older you get, the worse it may seem because it all builds up. And at times you may wonder, so where's God? This isn't fair. Why do I have to go through all this stuff? But every so often, God will allow a miraculous event to happen that vindicates you, that you finally feel as though you're part of the winning side for a change instead of losing all the time.
That happened with Hannah. As I mentioned before, they made fun of her because she couldn't have a child. And then she did. Little Samuel was born. And also for Elizabeth. They made fun of her as well, as though something was spiritually wrong. Because they thought that was God's judgment against ladies who couldn't give birth to children. Hannah had a child. Yahoo! Now Elizabeth has a child. A double Yahoo. Now my Yahoo doesn't do very well in explaining the situation. Both Hannah's song and Mary's song are really what we would call today in football parlance fight songs. Okay? How many of you like the University of Michigan. Put it up high. Okay, hands down. How many of you like Michigan State? Okay, one of you is going to be very disappointed at this point. These songs of victory whether it's in the Old Testament or with Mary or in our day, these fight songs are meant to do two things. First of all, to encourage those who seem to have had a tough time for a long time. And also, in a sense, to poke your finger into the eye of the enemy that's been seemingly winning so often. Now, at this point, what fight song do you think you're going to sing? I know some of you are saying, well, it's got to be state this year. They need help. No, we're going to sing the Michigan fight song. Ready? Some of you think I'm kidding. (laughs) Ready? Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail to the... Da, da, da. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders of men. Ba, ba, ba. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail to the. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders of the West. Ba-da-da-ba-ba. Right? And it goes on and on. Fight song. You didn't sound too enthused this morning. These songs, like Mary's songs, are not beautiful ballads. They are fight songs. They are meant to point out that God really does take care of them. Even if others think they've been forsaken, a fight song is meant to show victory right in the face of the enemy. Of course, the enemy doesn't like it. But if you're on the right side, you love it. God doesn't always vindicate his people in the time that you think it should happen. It seems like most of life you are on the wrong side. But every so often through the history of God's people, God will allow an astounding victory to people who are weak and frail, seemingly hopeless, who've been made fun of, who've been downtrodden, And the purpose of that is to strengthen the other fellow believers 
in the face of all their difficulties because difficulties will continue to come. The gospel told us that right after the annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, immediately she hurriedly left Nazareth to go see her close relative Elizabeth because the angel had said, you don't believe my word, maybe? Well, I'm going to show you. Your cousin's now in her, ninth, in her sixth month. The one who was barren now is with child, and it's showing. This is a sign that God gives to Mary so she won't lose hope in her next months, in her nine months until Jesus is born. So she leaves Nazareth right away, which of course is very suspicious because according to Matthew's account, soon Joseph will learn that his wife, his betrothed, is with child and he knows full well it is not his child. But in the face of that, she still has to go see Elizabeth and this miraculous little child that's within her. That's why she goes. The miraculous thing is not really just seeing the child. It's what aged Elizabeth says about it. And maybe Mary saw it as she entered. It doesn't say that little John just turned over or he made a little leisurely arm boop on the side of his mother. The baby leaped. A major event happening inside aged Elizabeth's womb. And it was no, not a mistake either because Elizabeth then says what's happening. The minute your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped within me. And she says very clearly, this is the activity of God. Now, upon seeing the power of God to do miraculous things for the sake of his people, for this aged lady who had never had any children, she then sings the Magnificat. There are various beautiful versions of this, which Beth probably could have found in her music files. But it's not so much the beauty as what is being said. First thing she says is, my soul glorifies or tells how great the Lord is. That only happens sometimes when you can see with your eyes what God is able to do. My soul tells how great the Lord is. My spirit continues to be rejoicing in God. What? The one who makes me important? What? The God who makes me rich and powerful and everything goes the right way? No. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It's not as though Mary is perfect. She is as sinful as anyone else. She jumps at the first sight of the angel Gabriel. She is afraid and the angel has to tell her to not be afraid. She rejoices in God, her Savior. She knows her sinfulness. For he has been fully mindful of the humble state, literally humiliating state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me the Blessed One. For the Almighty One has done great or magnificent or wondrous things for me. And then 
She says, holy is his name. Holy means dedicated. God's love is always flowing from him to us. His name is tied with Jesus' name, Yeshua, he who saves. Further notice what Mary is singing about. She says, his mercy, his steadfast love continues to extend to those who have fear of him, awe and respect toward him. And this is done from generation to generation. Notice that this fight song has nothing to do with Mary in any sense praising Elizabeth or herself. It's all directly to God. God is the conquering hero. God is the champion of the West and throughout the earth. For he has performed mighty deeds or acts with his arm. It means his bared arm. As though God was ready for a fight against his enemies and he's going to give it to them. And he's going to win. The Savior is going to be born. He has scattered those who are proud or arrogant in their deepest thoughts. In both these songs, from Hannah and from Mary, there's this theme. Those of the earth that are strong, powerful, arrogant, think they run everything because they have more power and ability than others, they are devastated. They are laid low. They have complete and utter devastation in whatever arrogance they were doing. That's what God is going to do. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, literally pulled down rulers from their thrones. They may think they run everything, but God comes along and literally yanks them off their throne into the dust. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. This term is referring to what ancient people did when they recognized their sin and what they fully deserved. The humble would often go to their knees and then further they would plant their face in the dust and they would remain there until a king would come and take their hand and lift them up. That's what Mary's expressing about what God is being gracious in doing for them because of Jesus Christ. You may feel like you're in the dust too, face down. God lifts you up and that's what Mary is praising God for. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry, those who are starving, with all kinds of good things. And as for the rich, he sends them away literally empty-handed. That's how God cares for us. Body, soul, mind, and spirit. Every part is taken care of. He has helped his servant Israel by remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants or seed forever just exactly as he had said to our forefathers. Through the generations, again, God has done these wondrous things where he lifts up those who are so beaten down and hopeless. 
Some of you can tell some stories about your own life, how God has took, taken care of you even when it seemed hopeless. I've known people with certain jobs that they've had that have been just simply terrible, unfair, being taken advantage of, so difficult to do that they wanted to quit week after week after week and God has gotten them through. Not just for the sake of their family, but for the sake of their own livelihood, their own life. God gave them the strength to get through these very hard, grinding times. If that's you, then you have a song to sing as well. For Christmas is just not these nice little Christmas carols. You have stories and songs to tell others too about how God has most graciously lifted you up out of the seeming hopeless dust and strengthened you and blessed you because God continues to do that from generation to generation from Abraham throughout all the generations just exactly according to his promise. That's the kind of hail to the victor song you can tell. God has made you a victor through Christ Jesus. But all the glory ends up going to God. If some of you at this point are saying, yeah, but I've lived a charmed life. Everything's gone fine for me. I haven't had any troubles. If you're somebody who says that, I want you to come see me after church today. Because I think you need to look at things a better way. You Every single one of us should look to God's mercy and how he lifts us up. And let that be your Christmas song, just like Hannah's and just like Mary's. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.